Welcome back to a new episode of I Don't Care, I Love It. I'm Haley and I'm your host. So excited about this episode today, you guys. As you can tell from the title, this is my birth story. I've been really looking forward to doing this episode. It's just going to be really fun to just lay out everything, go through the timeline, talk about it all. And I don't know about you, but I love hearing other people's birth stories. It's really fun. If you ever get into a room of new moms, we tend to spend hours just, oh, my epidural this, and (laughs) I pushed for this long, and it's just really fun to talk about, and I love hearing other people's birth stories, so I thought, why not do an episode with my birth story? So I thought, let's just get right into it today. Here we go. Okay, so if you follow me on Instagram, you for sure are sick of seeing pictures and videos of Penny, but we had our baby Penny. She was born on May 2nd, so about three months ago. I'm actually recording this on her three-month three-month anniversary, three-month birthday. I don't know what that is. Doesn't really matter, but the parents love it. (laughs) Before we talk about the timeline and everything, I am just laughing at myself because I was so prepared to give birth. Like you guys know, the only thing I could have done to be more prepared to give birth was to have actually given birth before. We did a hypno birthing class. (laughs) A lot of this stuff, I just look back and laugh. It's kind of like my wedding in the sense where you look back on everything from your wedding and you just kind of cringe. At least I do at all my decisions, the way I acted, everything. That's kind of how I feel about this whole birth story is I just look back at myself and I'm just like facepalm. Oh, Haley. But anyways, we did a hypnobirthing class A lot of people know I was super attached to the idea of having a quote-unquote natural birth or also known as just an unmedicated birth. Somehow I got it in my head that it was really important to me to do that. I felt like I wanted to be more in control. I wanted to really feel what was going on. I had heard about the birth euphoria, which people love when you don't have any pain medication, and then also loved the idea that you can get up and walk right away. Anyways, I was just really attached to this idea of doing an unmedicated birth. So I made Avery go to these hypnobirthing classes with me. He was such a good sport. Oh my gosh, looking back, I <laughs> that was crazy. We drove 40 minutes every Wednesday to this business park basement suite, And this lady, I'm not going to say her name or anything. She was awesome and had really good intentions, but she was kind of insane. And she would just talk, 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 talk. It was a three-hour lecture class, and we would just sit there. And she was, for all intents and purposes, on stage and basically performing for us. And honestly, it was kind of weird. It was kind of woo-woo, but I liked it. And I actually think it helped us a lot. We watched birthing videos where they show, you know, everything that's going on. And again, bless his heart. Avery was such a good sport. That was really going from like zero to 100 for him. And he was trying so hard to be there and support me. But yeah, we took these classes and part of the classes was every single day we did a hypnobirthing track where you sit there and you relax and you listen to this hypnobirthing track and it walks you through going to a peaceful place or whatever it might be to help yourself relax. So when you're in labor, you can relax. And then also we had these birthing affirmations that I listened to every day, at least twice a day. So she, it was this lady's voice. She's an actress, if that gives you any indication. And she does voice acting too. But it was this track that I'd listen to and she'd say, 
My body opens and expands like the petals of a rose. It was actually very relaxing. And a lot of the affirmations were great. I really liked the one that said, I can do this. I am doing this. I can handle anything that comes my way. I could probably do the whole 20 minute affirmations right here, right now, because I listen to it so much. Anyways, I was trying so hard to just be as prepared as possible. I really wanted to like grit my teeth and get through it and have this natural birth. Every single person who knew that, the first thing they asked me when they saw me was like, so did you do natural? And I'm like, no, I did not. I could not handle it. That was, that was crazy. So anyways, I did all these affirmations. We did our hypnobirthing birthing class. I read tons of books. I read Ina May's Guide to Childbirth, The Gift of Giving Life, all of these natural birthing books. Seriously, you guys, I could not have been more informed about giving birth naturally. And none of it helped. Because long story short, I had back labor. And holy cow, Even just talking about it right now, that is, I'm convinced, the most painful thing a human person can experience. Back labor specifically, just wow. Yeah. Aside from that, giving birth was like the most fun I've ever had. As an attention whore, it was a dream. Basically, you're sitting there in your throne so to speak. And everyone's telling you you're doing such a great job. A million people are doting on you. It's like your day. I thought it was so, 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 so fun. Giving birth was awesome. Having a newborn, that was a lot harder. And like I said last week, I was so prepared to give birth and so not prepared to have a newborn baby. Like I, I don't know what I was thinking, but the baby's going to come out no matter what. But actually taking care of the baby, that's a lot of work that no one had prepared me for. I didn't take any classes. I had no inclination at all of what it's like. That was hard. So yeah, not to be cheesy, but when you give birth, you're also giving birth to a new person, as in like you yourself are becoming a new person. I did not realize that on May 2nd, that was the end of one part of my life, and then a brand new part of my life was just starting. I seriously feel like I'm a completely different person. You'll never be the same again in the best way. It's such an amazing opportunity for growth. Yeah, just nothing can can prepare you for the magnitude of becoming a mom. I don't have words for it. It's just crazy. (laughs) That is not the right word, but it is just wild. Okay, so here's the timeline. Let's get into the actual birth story. I was technically due on April 30th was my due date. Penny was born on May 2nd and I was so done. Like I can't articulate enough how done I was and how ready I was to have that baby. Looking back, it sounds so silly, but truly the last one week of my pregnancy felt like it was a year long. I'm not kidding you. It felt so long. Couldn't sleep, was just so uncomfortable. Once you get to your due date and your baby's not here yet, I personally just spiraled. I was like, is there even a baby in there? Is this baby ever going to be born? Like, I just could not handle it. And I would just sit on my What to Expect app, reading everybody's baby announcements. I was just spiraling. Those were the longest three days of my life, those three overdue days. I should have slept. That's probably my biggest, if I could go back, 
I would just sleep, 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 because you will never, probably ever get that kind of sleep again, get that opportunity for that kind of sleep again. So yeah, I was doing, you guys know, I was doing all the things. I was doing my curb walking. I was doing my oil. I was seriously trying everything. I had this super long to-do list every single day of all the things I needed to do to put myself into labor. And none of it was working and I was so bugged and I was like, screw it. I'm not doing anything on Monday, May 1st. I was just mad at the universe and I was like, I'm not doing anything. We went to a nice dinner at one of my favorite restaurants, which I'm so glad we did that because that was like the last supper. And then we went and saw the dumbest movie ever. There were no good movies out. Little Mermaid came out like a few days after I had Penny, which is such a bummer because I haven't seen it. And it's just harder to go see movies, you know, obviously when you have a baby. So we were like, let's go to a movie. We went to um, the George Foreman boxing guy movie. It's funniest, randomest movie ever. But it was just fun to go to a movie and get out. And I just came home from the movie so upset, so sad. I hadn't had a single contraction. I just knew labor was so far away and I was so bummed. We go to bed at like 11 and then at 1 a.m. I wake up because I felt a pop. That's the only way I know how to describe it. And I was like, is that what it feels like when your water breaks? But nothing came out. Sorry, I should have said this in advance. This episode is going to be extremely TMI. I'm not going to hold back. So if you can't handle it, I'll catch you next week. But yeah, that's just how birth is. I won't go over my soapbox of using anatomically correct wording and not being ashamed of body parts. I'll spare you guys from that, but just know this is a TMI full disclosure episode, okay? So anyways, I feel the pop and I'm like, this is weird because isn't that what it feels like when your water breaks? I don't know. I'd never had my water break before. I thought, man, that's for sure got to be what it is, but nothing came out. Dry as a bone. So I was like, uh, okay. So I try to go back to sleep, but I'm still kind of awake and you have that pregnancy insomnia. Then at 2 a.m., I started to have back pain and honestly, it just felt like I really needed to poop. (laughs) And I was like, man, I just am like having this constipation pain. This really hurts. I know everyone who's listening to this can relate. Like sometimes it just, it really hurts. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, this is just not fun. So I tried going to the bathroom. Nothing was happening. I know now that those were actually contractions. But because I had back labor, it didn't feel like anything that I thought it would feel like. I never felt a single thing in like my belly, abdomen area. It was 1000% just in my back, just so concentrated right in my lower back sacrum area. Oh, I'm having like PTSD just thinking about that pain. But yeah, I, I didn't recognize it as contractions for a long time because it just felt nothing like a period cramp. It just felt nothing like I thought it would. So I'm in the bathroom forever. Finally at 3 a.m. ish, I'm like, okay, these are probably contractions because it's not anything else and I should start timing them. So I start timing them. They're like seven minutes apart. I'm like, okay, lasting 30 seconds to a minute. So I'm all excited to do my whole natural birth process. And it's the middle of the night and it's super dark, so I'm not going to go on a walk. So I thought I'd do a bath. I sit in the bath. It was very unenjoyable because I was in so much pain. I'm bouncing on the birthing ball. I'm trying to breathe. But I can't do anything but just seize up during these contractions. 
I think in my heart, I knew I was in labor, but my head didn't want to believe it because I didn't want to get my hopes up. So I didn't want to wake up Avery until I was sure I was in labor and we needed to do something about it. So I'm just walking around the house, drinking my orange juice that I was loving, which I still can't drink to this day because I drank so much of it in pregnancy and just trying to manage it, trying to breathe, getting super excited we were told to go to the hospital when contractions were five minutes apart, lasting one minute, and that was lasting for an hour. It's called the 511 rule. I was like, okay, you know, we're starting to get there. All of a sudden, the contractions jump from seven minutes to like two or three minutes at around 5 a.m. And they were hurting. So I go in and I wake Avery up, bless his little heart. He's just sleeping away. He obviously has no idea what's going on because... The last couple months of pregnancy, I would just be up all night walking around. So he thought it was nothing new. And I wake Avery up and I'm like, Avery, I'm in labor. We have to go right now. (laughs) So he jumps out of bed. He's running around packing his hospital bag. And I was just sitting there in so much pain. I remember doubling over on the bench at the base of our bed and just like yelling. I wouldn't say screaming, but just like... Ah, I'd never been in that kind of pain where you can't even control it. You're just screaming. You're just doing anything you can to ease the pain. So we jump in the car. I had all my bags ready, everything. Avery throws that in the car and we drive to the hospital. We get there around six, which is right when the hospital does their shift change. So RIP us. And I have a video of us parking and walking into the hospital. And I still just wasn't sure it was real because it, again, it felt nothing like I thought labor would feel like. In hindsight, I'm glad I didn't think anything was wrong because it was just weird. But I have this video and I'm like, I hope I'm not crying wolf. And Avery just laughs behind me. Maybe he thought I was. I don't know. So we walk in the hospital and I am sure they're going to check me. I'm going to be at a seven. They're going to rush me in and this baby is going to slide right out because I was in so much pain. I had my birth plan. I had three laminated copies. I'm just laughing at myself looking back. But hey, we're all just doing the best we can do with what we know how. They put us in the triage room and they check me and I'm one centimeter dilated. One centimeter. I'd been the same one centimeter dilated since like 35 weeks. I could not believe it. And I was so embarrassed because I was in so much pain. I was like, how can I be in this much pain having done all my hypnobirthing classes and prepped and everything and only be at a one? I don't know. So they're like, okay, is this your first baby? They do this little swab to check and my water had broken, but they were like, well, where did it go? Turns out I had two amniotic sacs. So there was a high, an upper sac and then a lower sac. The upper sac ruptured, but because the lower sac was still intact, it was like blocking all of that fluid from coming out. So it was just dribbling out very, very, very slowly. Kind of weird. So they put us in the triage room. It's this tiny room, completely dark, no windows, with just a huge computer light that's blaring in your face, and they want to strap me down onto this monitor. The problem with back labor is laying on your back is like the most painful position you can be in. So they want me to lay on my back and strap me down without moving. And the only thing that's helping me is moving, is sitting up, is counter pressure. 
So we just could not keep the monitors on. They could not get a solid contraction heartbeat strip. I was trying everything I could to stay laying down, but I was squirming so much because of the pain. So that was terrible. The other thing was they only needed to get a 20 minute strip, but right when that happened, it was one shift change, which being a nurse, I can totally empathize with. And two, they were having an emergency in L&D. I heard them running around outside our door. Someone needed a blood transfusion. It did not sound good. So obviously I'm like bottom of the totem pole priority, which as I should be. And so they left us in there for two hours and it kind of got old by the end. I was just in so much pain. I was just like done. So Avery goes out and asks like, hey, could someone come check on my wife? She really needs to go to the bathroom. They came and unhooked me. Let me go to the bathroom. Finally, my doctor comes in and says, yeah, we're going to admit you. You're going to have a baby. Looks like you're actually in active labor. Let's go. And we were like, yay, okay, it's real. At that point, I finally let myself believe it was real. Finally, because we're getting admitted, we actually get a room. They bring us into the labor and delivery room. And that was just a breath of fresh air. It was bright and sunny. There were big windows. The blinds were up. It just felt so good to see sunlight be out of that tiny cramped room. Oh, it felt amazing. It's time to get my IV in. There was a pharmacy student who was trying to do the IVs, so they asked me if she could come in and do that. And I am so open to students and trainees and stuff because I've been in that position before and people were so nice to me, so I am so open to it. She tried, um, I think, three times to do the IV. And if you're a nurse, you'll understand what this means, but she blew the vein every time, which just means essentially you're doing it wrong and so the vein is, I don't know how to describe it. We call it blowing the vein. The vein's like opening up. And so blood flow isn't getting through and it just causes all the blood to leak out and like a big bruise. So you can't use that vein anymore. So she tried three times, blew those good veins. And then my nurse tried, the charge nurse tried, nobody could get it. And all my veins were just blowing. I think because I was so swollen from being pregnant too, it was hard for them to find veins. And people would say like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that happened. Honestly, the pain from them trying to put the IV in my arms was welcome because it was some kind of deference from my contraction pain. Like it it felt good. I know that sounds so weird, but that pain felt good because it was deferring the pain somewhere else. They have to call in this specialty lady from the hospital called the vein finder and they bring in this machine that does like an ultrasound and scans your veins and then they put it in that way. So finally, they get my IV in. And at this point, my contractions are two minutes apart. They last one minute each. So I have about a minute in between. Everyone was being so nice and patient with me, (sighs) but it was rough. So I had all these awesome plans to take a bath. I brought a speaker with my calming music. I was going to put my headphones on and listen to my birthing hypnosis and my affirmations. I didn't do a single thing. I was just bent over the bed just writhing in pain and Avery was trying to do all the counter pressure that he'd learned in the class. It was helping a lot, but just nothing could take the edge off. So finally at 11 a.m., I'd been in labor for 10 hours. I asked my nurse, hey, I know you can't say for sure, obviously, but in your experience, how much longer do you think this, this could go for? Because I'm dying here and I could grin and bear it for the next couple hours, but I could not do this for another like one to two days. And I had the best nurse. I loved her. And she said, honestly, in my experience, it's your first baby. You're still only dilated to a one after 10 hours of active labor. 
She's like, my guess is it's going to be probably another full day. And I was like, okay, I absolutely will die if I experience these contractions for another full day. So God bless modern medicine. I just don't know how people had babies before the age of modern medicine. When I was wanting to do natural whatever, I was like, women have been giving birth or having a natural labor for thousands of years. Modern medicine has only been around for like 100 years. And somebody said to me, they were like, yeah, I mean, but also 20% of women died in childbirth before modern medicine, pain, everything techniques. And yeah, I can see why. I seriously think I would have died. (laughs) It was awful. Anyways, I still really wanted to feel it, you know, and maybe I just thought there was something to take the edge off. So I asked her what options I had and she said, well, we could do this, we could do this, but you're only dilated to a two at this point and it's only going to get worse. And in order to put in the epidural, you have to stay totally still. So if you think you're going to get to the point where you're going to need the epidural, you'll want to make sure you do it before you get to the point where you're in so much pain, you can't sit still for the insertion. I was weighing my options and I was really considering getting the epidural, but I was feeling so bad and so guilty about it, which is just dumb. Here I was in labor giving birth, like there's nothing wrong with getting an epidural and getting a little bit of help. But I think it was so ingrained in me from all the hypnobirthing and natural childbirth classes and books that I took that that was like failure. And I really had to tell myself, oh my gosh, this is not failure. There's nothing wrong with this. As long as me and the baby make it out of here alive and healthy, that's a success. And I remember talking to my doctor through my birthing plan a few weeks before when I was probably 36 weeks pregnant. And he said, yeah, that's all great. I really support you in all of your birth plan and your choices. But the most important thing to me is that you have a positive experience. And I really appreciated him bringing that back in. I could grit my teeth and get through childbirth, maybe, probably not, but theoretically, naturally. But what if I had a really traumatic experience and I was scared to give birth the next time and it just wasn't positive all the way around? Who is that helping? Who is that serving? The most important thing for me, for my baby, for my future babies, is to have a positive, supported experience. So made the decision to get the epidural, and let me just say, best thing I've ever done. (laughs) That is the best form of self-care you could ever do. Game changer. Completely changed the whole experience. After I got the epidural in, Avery goes, wow, you're like a new person. Bless his heart. He was just trying so hard and doing everything. And I really thought I was keeping it together and being calm and nice and positive. Who knows? But I guess I was a new person after I got the epidural. (laughs) They call for the nurse practitioner anesthetist to come in and give me the epidural. His name was Carl. Super nice guy. And you sit on the edge of the bed and then you curl into a ball. So your spine is really exposed and like curved in which is very hard for a pregnant woman in active labor to do. But nonetheless, we persist. Everyone talked to me about how, oh, the epidural needle hurts so bad. Like even the epidural hurts so bad. So why even do an epidural? Blah, blah, blah. Y'all, I didn't feel a thing. I mean, I did. It felt like 
someone touched me in the back. I don't know. Compared to my back labor contractions, that was nothing. If anything, it was just a deferred little distraction that I enjoyed. So I had a contraction during the epidural and you just have to stay still. And I'm to this day, that's probably my my proudest moment is staying still during that horrendous contraction while there is a needle in my back. And people, I was really scared because I know that while they thread the wire through your spinal cord, you can feel a zing, like go down one leg or the other or whatever. And I was really nervous about that. I didn't feel that, didn't feel anything. Awesome experience. It was over and done really quickly. That was at like 1130. After 10 hours of active labor, suddenly I was chilling. It was amazing. I asked for them to put me on the lowest dose of the epidural because I wanted what's called a walking epidural where you can still feel your legs and move your legs. But somehow it was only working on the right side of my body. So I could still feel a lot of things on my left side. It was definitely dulled, but I could still feel it a lot. So we asked Carl to come back to readjust. That helped a little bit, but still for the rest of the time, I could feel things on my left side and I could actually move my left side. And so in order to compensate, I had to hit the button. So if you know, you know about the button, when you get an epidural, they hook you up to a pain pump and they give you the good stuff. It's like fentanyl. They hook up to a pump and they give you a little button and you can click the button every 15 minutes and they'll give you a bolus, which is what it's called, or just an extra boost of the pain medication on top of what's already continuously dripping through your epidural. So to compensate, I had to hit the button a lot. So my right side was snowed in order for my left side to take the edge off enough where I wasn't still in pain. So we get the epidural in. I'm sitting in my princess throne. I have my blanket. I'm eating my contraband snacks and I am chilling. It was glorious. This was the most fun I've ever had in my life. Still, even though I have the epidural, everyone's coming in and saying, you're doing such a good job. How are you doing? Avery's texting my family. Everyone's all excited. I'm getting so much attention. I'm feeling comfortable, amazing, eating snacks. Everyone's at my beck and call. I'm getting my husband's undivided attention. This is the best day of my life. So much fun. If there was a place where you like recreate that for birthdays or special occasions, sign me up. That was so much fun. Now that the epidural was in, it was time to kick things up a notch. So they started Pitocin. It's basically a synthetic form of the hormone oxytocin. And oxytocin is what is the main hormone involved in labor. So it's what gets contractions going, it's what gets you to open up, it's what gets you to relax. It's also known as the love hormone. So anyways, they give you a synthetic form of that to help get things moving. They started Pitocin, and then since I was still only dilated to like a two, my doctor finally was able to come in and break my water, break the lower sac. So breaks my water, checks me, and he's like, "Uh, maybe you stretched out to a three. And I was like, wow, best decision ever to get the epidural. I started to settle in for a fun day slash evening. I turned on Legally Blonde, which I was so excited about. I'd saved Legally Blonde for being in labor. That's my go-to movie for when I need I need some inspiration, some motivation. I need to get things done. I always watched it every semester of college during finals week, and it always gave me that extra oomph I needed to get through. So watch Legally Blonde. And then I was super tired because I'd only had like two hours of sleep the night before. So I settled in, put some sleep music on, took a nap. It was glorious. 
I FaceTimed my parents. I haven't talked about this yet, but my parents were on a trip to Europe. Europe? I don't know why I said it like that. Oh my gosh. My parents were on a trip to Europe with my sister's soccer team, and they had just gotten there a couple days prior. So when we were driving to the hospital, I texted them, and I sent them the most cryptic text. I did not mean for it to come out that way. I was just in so much pain and just trying to convey the message. And text, I was like, in labor, everything's fine, can't talk. And then I was like, oh, sorry, I'm just having a lot of contractions, can't talk on the phone, but everything's good. And they were so nice, they're like, okay, cool. So FaceTime my parents and they were so excited. It was really sweet when the FaceTime opened up. My dad just started bawling and my mom got emotional. And gosh, when you see your mom and dad cry for happy reasons, that is just an emotional experience. FaceTime my parents and they, my dad sent me the funniest video when he found out I was in labor. <laughs> I'll play it, but he says like, Haley, you're in labor and I'm on, th on this boat and they're stuck on a boat in Croatia <laughs> trying to figure out how to get home ASAP. And he's like, how do I get off this boat? So funny. Holy cow, Haley, you in labor and we are on this boat. How do we get off the boat? So they get on the next flight out and they zoomed home, which was awesome. So amazing to have them there. So I only got like 10, 15 minutes into Legally Blonde and the nurse comes in and wants to put me on a peanut ball to speed things up because I'm just dilating so slowly. A peanut ball is kind of what it sounds like. It looks like a ginormous peanut and you lay on your side and you put the ball in between your knees and it just works magic and helps you open up, helps you dilate better and helps speed things along. So they put the peanut ball and then I was starting to feel really weird. I was starting to get like chills, feeling nauseous, feeling so cold and just like, oh, this is weird, really shaky. And kind of that feeling after you take a pre-workout where your veins like zing, I think it's adrenaline. Looking back, I think I was totally in transition, but just none of us recognize that because we are like, there's absolutely no way. My nurse was like, oh yeah, it's probably just a side effect of your anesthesia and epidural and everything. Then around maybe 3.30, 4 o'clock, so maybe two hours after getting the epidural, my nurse comes in and is like, we really can't keep that baby on the monitor. Penny was just so wiggly, moving all over the place, even with me being totally still and not squirming during contractions, they couldn't keep her on the monitor. And because I was on that drug Pitocin, they have to keep the baby on the monitor no matter what to make sure she's safe. So they said that they have to do an internal fetal monitor. What that is, is I'd only ever seen it once in my nursing rotations, but it's where they take this, it kind of looks like a wire, a little thin wire wrapped in electrical tape. <laughs> they put it up through your cervix and it goes under the skin of the baby's scalp. She's like, that's what we do. It doesn't hurt the baby. I was like, yeah, right. How do you guys know it doesn't hurt the baby? I did not want them to place this internal fetal monitor, but they had to because we have to make sure the baby's okay and she just won't stay on the monitor. So she gave us a chance to talk about it. I mean, there wasn't really anything to talk about. We didn't really have a choice. When the most important thing is that your baby's healthy and safe, you don't really have a choice, right? So we're like, okay, I guess we can place it, whatever. I really didn't want to, but it's okay. So the specialty nurse comes in to place it, probably around, I don't know, 4.30, and she's feeling around to find the head to place the electrode. And she says to my nurse, hey, what did you say she was dilated to? And my nurse said, mm, like barely a three last we checked. And the other nurse goes, oh, okay, well, she's at a 10 now. 
And we were all like, what? So in case you're a boy listening to this, which I think there's about a 0% chance that any boy is still listening (laughs) or you're just not familiar with childbirth, um, it's in centimeters dilated. So a one is one centimeter, a 10 is 10 centimeters. And once you get to 10 centimeters dilated, that's when the baby is coming out. It's time to push. It's time to go. We were all shocked that I was suddenly at a 10, only like two, two and a half hours after getting that epidural in. I think I was finally able to relax and let my body do its thing and just not seizing up so much from the terrible back labor that my body was finally, after trying and trying for over 12 hours, able to just relax and let things happen. So all of a sudden it was time to have a baby and I totally thought that we had hours to just chill. I was really hoping to watch the rest of Legally Blonde. I really wanted to sleep because I was so tired, but no, it was time to have the baby and it was surreal. We were just like, what? This is happening? So there's something called rest and descend. Once you get to a 10, just because you're dilated all the way doesn't mean the baby's just going to slip out. The baby's still sometimes really high up in your abdomen. So at this point, even though I was at a 10, I could still feel Penny pushing against my ribs. She was so high up that she like very slightly lifted up my left boob <laughs> from her little butt. She was super high. So they just let you chill. It's called rest and descend. Your body usually isn't having contractions at this point, And the baby just can kind of like wiggle its way down, getting ready to actually get pushed out. Then around 520 or so, it was time to start pushing. And what I've heard from other people about pushing is, oh, it's super hard. It's like a hard workout. I thought pushing was so much fun. Had my speaker, had my pushing fun birth playlist, turned that on, all my favorite songs. And then at this point it was shift change. So I was kind of bummed because I was losing the nurse I had all day, which I really liked. Then I got an equally awesome nurse. And the cool thing is that nurse was training a a nurse that works on the postpartum floor so she could be an L&D nurse and a postpartum nurse. So we had two for the price of one, as I'd always say as a student in nursing school. And it was so fun. Avery held one leg. My nurse held the other one and then the trainee was like doing everyone's errands. What I asked them to do was hold a warm washcloth onto my perineum with some oil to help stretch things out so it wouldn't tear as bad. So she was doing that. It was honestly really, really, really fun. It was a great time. So I start pushing at 5.20. Penny was born around 8.15, so just shy of three hours. I don't know if I'm just really bad at pushing or what, but that is a long time to be pushing. It didn't feel like a long time for me. I was talking to a friend of mine, Jill. She just had a baby and she pushed for four hours. Bless her soul. That's insane. But I was talking to Jill and she said that it felt like 30 minutes for her. I feel the same way. It felt like a blink of an eye. We're just listening to music, having fun, chatting. And then every time they're having a contraction, I was so snowed from my epidural, only going on the right side and having to crank it up that I couldn't even feel when I have a contraction, which apparently usually you can feel. So they would literally touch my abdomen with their hand and then look on the monitor and tell me when I was having a contraction and I would just push through it. I wonder if it would have been a little more productive if I could actually feel the contractions and know what it feels like to be pushing, but I was just doing my best. Also, my bonus nurse, the trainee, she was only six weeks postpartum. Man, at the time I was feeling for her, 
Now I'm really feeling for her. I cannot imagine leaving your baby at home, going and doing a 12-hour night shift at six weeks postpartum. That is just so fresh. Oh my gosh, she was amazing. So again, my tilted uterus is coming into play. And I don't know if I explained this earlier. Maybe I forgot to say this, but the reason that I have back labor is because I have what's called a tilted uterus. So most people's uteruses just point straight back into their abdominal cavity. Mine veers off, curves off, or tilts off to the side. So it's pushing right down on my sacrum. So there's not a whole lot going on in my belly area. Everything's just right on my tailbone, sacrum, tailbone, same thing. So because of my tilted uterus and back labor and the whole thing, Penny was stuck on my sacrum for about an hour and a half. She was banging, banging, banging on my sacrum. And Avery said for that whole like hour and a half, it would look like the head was coming around and she was about to be born. And then it would just get sucked back in at the end of a contraction or at the end of pushing. And I guess they were all kind of worried. The vibe was a little bit concerned, but I couldn't tell. I was just having fun. (laughs) And I probably could have pushed harder I went to a pelvic floor physical therapist before I had the baby, and she said when I was pushing to try not to hold my breath because it really damages your pelvic floor, it can increase your chances of tearing, and instead to blow like you're blowing out of a straw, but it makes your pushes less effective. So by the end, I abandoned that and did hold my breath, but I wonder if I just am not very good at pushing, and that's why it took so long. It wasn't going super quickly or smoothly. At the last 30 minutes before Penny was born, her heart rate started to tank and it got really concerning because, you know, it's showing that the baby's not doing good, the baby's under distress, probably been stuck at that sacrum for too long. So my doctor shows up for the last five, 10 minutes and he's really smiley and fun and we're all chatting. And then at the very end, Penny's crowning and crowning is when the crown of their head is sticking out of the vagina, the birth canal. The crown of their head is showing and they're so close to being born. It's just that last push and we're all having fun. We're about to have a baby. My doctor's really smiley, goofy, chill, and he gets really stern And he looks up at me, looks me in the eyes and gets really stern and says, Haley, you need to have this baby right now on this next push or else. And then he just kind of trails off. And he didn't finish the or else, but I think it was implied. It was time to go. I just pushed, pushed, pushed to the next contraction super hard. I only had that one chance. With or without contractions, I was just pushing, pushing, pushing. And she's born. Came right out. (laughs) She was born at 8.15. They brought her out and Penny makes this little peep and then she doesn't cry anymore and they put her on my chest and they're rubbing her and she's turning pink. She's obviously breathing and doing fine, but they got really concerned because she wasn't crying. Crying is a sign that the baby is doing okay. So they take her away. The pediatric nurse takes her and puts her under the light in the warmer and then she starts just giving her her medications, doing her assessment, doing all those things and Penny is obviously fine and I really wanted to do immediate skin to skin. So my nurse was awesome. She says, hey, can mom have the baby back? And the pediatrist was like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't think she realized She was just kind of in the zone, doing all her assessments and stuff. So they finally give Penny back to me, and she's just not a crier. She's just chill and happy and on my chest. And that was just the most surreal experience. I'd seen videos and heard about people having their babies, and they're always bawling and so emotional. It definitely felt happy and fun, but it was almost like I was looking down on the situation It was just so surreal. I couldn't believe that that had actually just happened. Like, I had given birth. 
this baby that I'd spent so long growing in my body and thinking about and planning for, it just felt like it would never come. And then it actually had happened and I just could not process it. I just could not believe it. I was smiling and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And I just so badly my entire pregnancy wanted to see her face. I just wanted to know what she looks like. You get married or even when you date someone, you're like, I wonder what our kids would look like. I just wanted so bad to see her face and seeing her face and having my own baby that I just gave birth to on my chest, it was surreal and overwhelming and I didn't even know how to process it. Right away, they want you to nurse, which I wasn't expecting. And so the labor and delivery nurse teaches me how to breastfeed, which was just another crazy thing that you hear about and seeing other people do. And you don't ever, at least for me, I never internalized that I would actually be doing that. It was just like, whoa, this is crazy. It just didn't feel like a lot of fanfare. It was just, okay, you're breastfeeding now. Avery did skin to skin, which is just so fun. Seeing your husband hold your baby. Just the whole thing was like, oh my gosh, you almost feel like it's such a big deal that you should be really, really emotional and feeling all these emotions. And it was just like, whoa. I just just think it was just too much. So they take Penny and they wrap her up and swaddle her and put her under the warmer because they really want you to get up right away. And they wanted me to get up, start walking, go to the bathroom. She's saying, hey, do you think you can stand? And I was like, I really don't think I can. I, if you, if I touched my, my leg, it felt like I was touching somebody else's leg. That's how much I couldn't feel. I absolutely could not feel, absolutely could not move. I couldn't feel a thing. So I was like, I really don't think I could walk. And she's like, okay, well, let's try. So I sit on the edge of the bed. They have me stand up and I immediately collapse. (laughs) Thankfully, Avery caught me, but I could not walk. It was a three-person job just to get me into a wheelchair, just because I was so disconnected from literally the lower half of my body. I couldn't even feel it or move it. It was the weirdest thing. So they wheel me to the bathroom. They put me on the toilet. They really want you to pee. And because they give you all these fluids and you hadn't peed while you've been pushing and I couldn't pee. (laughs) So we're like, uh, okay. And Avery goes over there while I'm on the toilet trying to pee. And he's like, Haley, look, she's a burrito. And I come out and Penny was just wrapped like a burrito. They swaddled her so tight and cute. And when you're not around kids and you hadn't been parents before, it's just the cutest thing ever. And so surprising to see your baby all wrapped up like a burrito. She looked so cute with her little tiny head poking out and she's just wide awake, just staring at the world. So cute. So then all of a sudden they just kick you out of labor and delivery and they pass you on to postpartum. So I get to hold the baby and I haven't been around a lot of kids. Not a lot of my friends have had babies. I've never really been into other people's kids. I don't like to babysit other people's kids or I probably do now, but you know, growing up, I never babysat or flocked to the babies. I just wasn't ever my thing. So I have like very minimal experience with babies and with kids. So they hand me my baby, the most precious thing in the whole world. And they want me to hold it in a wheelchair and get wheeled down to postpartum. And I was so nervous. I was like, ah, this is precious cargo. I was like, are you sure you trust me with this? But I'm the mom. So of course, anyways, they wheel me down to postpartum. Avery's helping me get all settled in and then she gets the hiccups. She's two hours old and she gets the cutest, tiniest little hiccups. And I have the sweetest video ever of Avery 
holding her and rocking her while she has the tiniest baby hiccups. That is probably the most special video to me in the whole world. So once we get down to postpartum, they're really concerned about if I can pee. I got a second degree tear, which isn't the worst. It's not the best, but do what you got to do. Anyways, I have a second degree tear and they're really concerned about me peeing. They're like, you really got to pee. Your uterus and your bladder are right next to each other. And when your bladder is really full, it prevents your uterus from shrinking back down to its normal size. At this point, postpartum, your uterus is still actually having contractions because it's trying to shrink down to its normal size and trying to wring out and squeeze out all the blood, all the birth fluid, all of that. So it's really important that your bladder gets empty and you can pee. So it'd been a few hours. I still hadn't peed. I still hadn't peed. Finally, they do what's called a straight cath, which is where they put a catheter up your urethra and drain your bladder that way. And then they pull it out. It doesn't stay in. They did a straight cath and they got two liters out of me. So if you think about like a two liter bottle of Sprite that you get at the store, two full liters of fluid they got out of me. So not good. It actually felt a lot better (laughs) after that though. And then they were really hoping I could pee. Well, a few more hours go by and I still can't pee. I am just snowed from that epidural. By the way, the epidural they take out right away. So the epidural is not in anymore. They have to straight cath me again and this time they get one liter out. Then a couple more hours go by and I can't pee. So they page the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, we have to put what's called a Foley catheter or like a more permanent catheter in kind of a bummer but they put the foley in my urethra and then they (laughs) it goes into a tube and then a little collection bag that just hangs on the side of your bed it is super humiliating people to come over and see your little tube and your pee bag hanging out your bed (laughs) um but yeah they had to put the foley in so i'm waddling around the room carrying my pee bag and trying to recover from having a second degree tear in my vagina That is crazy. Was not prepared for all of that. Thankfully, they give you this magic stuff. These pads and these wipes and this witch hazel stuff. They give you these like ice pack pads that you can put in the fabulous, amazing mesh underwear. And it really helps a lot. But the whole recovery is just crazy because you feel like you got hit by a train. And then also you have a brand new baby you're trying to take care of. It is a lot and no one, nothing, I don't think can prepare you for it until you actually go through it. But man, that whole thing was just such a whirlwind. So anyways, at this point I hadn't eaten in like over 24 hours. I had my little secret contraband snacks, but it was just crackers here and there, Sprite, stuff like that. So I am ravenous. Avery goes down to the cafeteria and gets us some grilled cheeses and a strawberry shake. Best meal I've ever ever had in my life. And I have this picture of us sitting there. I'm in my bed. Penny's just asleep next to us. We're eating our grilled cheese sandwiches. And it is a really happy, sweet memory. Sitting there as our new family. Just like, we made it. It's complete. Penny's here. Everyone's happy and healthy so far. Just feeling so grateful, overwhelmed, surreal. I had such a positive experience all the way around. I'm so glad I got to experience labor. I'm so thankful for the epidural. I seriously think I would have been one of that 20% that would have died in childbirth without it. (laughs) Maybe all the back labors is what that is. But yeah, that was so much fun. Can't wait to do it again. 
The hard part is having a newborn and taking care of a baby and breastfeeding. But I will say, I feel like this is so cheesy, but I feel like two new people were born that day, my baby and me. I really feel like I just immediately became a new person. And I'm just so grateful for this opportunity and ability to have a baby and then just starting this whole new stage of my life of being a mom and experiencing motherhood. It is so hard. I mean, no doubt the hardest thing I've ever done. No question about it. But also the most worthwhile and rewarding thing I've ever done. And I just feel like people kind of come out of the woodwork. Once you become a mom, you're in this secret club And it's just like nothing else mattered before. I mean, I don't even know what I was doing with my life before I was a mom because this is, this is all that really matters. And this is the most important thing I could be doing with my life. So sorry for my little soapbox, but that was just such an amazing, positive experience. It was really fun because we had so much family visiting us. My parents, funnily enough, they made it, they like I said, got on the next flight here, came straight from the airport to see me and meet Penny. And they actually made it before Avery's parents did, who just live 30 minutes north of us. (laughs) It's kind of funny because they came after work anyways. My parents hustled here. My brother Cameron, Penny's kind of named after him. So Penny is like an ode to my maiden name, which is Pennock. And on the soccer field or in sports, my brother's nickname was Penny, just because it's a lot easier to say on the field or whatever than Pennock. So that's why we named her Penny is because it's an ode to my maiden name. I love when people do that. So it was really sweet for Penny to meet Penny. We also found out that we were that I was pregnant on Cameron's birthday. So they have a cute little connection and it was just so fun for all of our family to meet Penny. Just so surreal, so crazy. I still kind of can't believe I have a baby. I feel like it's just now starting to set in that I like am a mom and I gave birth. It's, I don't know if it'll ever feel real. It's like that feeling when you graduate high school and you're like, it's over. I graduated. (laughs) That's almost the feeling I've had for the past three months or so. And it's just now starting to really, really set in. Thank you so much for listening. That was kind of a wild ride. I'm sure I forgot a million things and I'll be kicking myself the rest of the day for not adding in all these details. But thank you for sticking around for the whole birth story. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for all the love on last week's episode. I love doing this podcast. I'm so grateful for everybody who listens and who supports me. That's the birth story. Can't wait for the next one. (laughs) Just kidding. Hopefully it's not for a long time. We're just trying to, we're just trying to survive right now. We'll catch you guys next week for another episode. You can follow me on Instagram at Haley.ps for behind the scenes. If you have questions, if you want to submit stories for the upcoming episode, all that good stuff. So thanks so much for listening and we will catch you guys next week. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to I Don't Care, I Love It. You can catch a new episode every Wednesday. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And if you like this episode, we'd appreciate it so much if you could give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to this episode. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. A five, one, three, two,